Hello and welcome to Deluded, the Melbourne Demons fan podcast. Neats, we watched the game at 2am after a huge night out for my 30th. Maybe not the best way to start my fourth decade? It was pretty amazing. I mean, we were sitting in um, a hotel room in New York, um, you know, pretty drunk, um, smashing some late night pizza and watching uh, the sublime skills of Melbourne and Carlton on display. So, no, I thought it was actually a pretty good way to start your, uh, to start your fourth decade. It was definitely um, consistent with the rest of my life. Um, and um, my boy Sam Frost had some pretty spectacular moments in that last quarter, shall we say? Yes, and he also um, was generous enough to record a nice little birthday video for you, which was very cute. Yeah, that was very cute. Yeah, my, um, my sister reached out to the club um, and asked if Sam Frost would send a little birthday message, which um, is pretty lame, really on anyone's uh, measures, but I thought it was pretty cool. Um, oh, it was adorable. You were so happy. And I really don't know what the club um, media team think about me, given that the last time I contacted them was to ask if I could get a message from Cam Peterson for my proposal podcast to you. Um, they must... I love it. I think they think that you're just going after the, um, you know, the hipster um, favorite player selections <laughs> as opposed to the generic uh, obvious ones. That's right, that's right. And I don't know what Sam Frost would have thought when, when the club said, um, oh yeah, there's this guy called Kieran who thinks you're his favourite player. I can't imagine that's happened that often to him. <laughs> well, look, he played very well on the weekend. Um, what were your overall thoughts for the game? Well, I don't know. I mean, we're sometimes accused of being a bit too harsh on this podcast. Should we, we be... I think we're regularly too harsh on this podcast. But anyway, Should we salty Melbourne supporters. It's just come to the it does it does I just should we really be celebrating that win I mean oh thanks Caro <laughs> no the Caro thing is stupid I'm not talking about the actual post game celebrations and the players are allowed to do that but like how happy should we be as supporters that we're beating Carlton without Cripps Kerno and Mackay by one point or five points yeah I think it's one of those things where um, I guess it is quite crazy how the club has fallen in some ways because yeah, at the, start of the, at the start of this year, everyone thought we were sort of in premiership calculations. And um, as a result of that, you know, even though um, we were obviously three men down on the bench in the last quarter, which obviously would have really taken its toll from a fitness perspective, um, I think people would have still just backed us to be, to sort of really flog Carlton, given how high the expectations were, um, and given that Carlton were missing such high-quality players. So it is kind of startling thinking about how much the club, you know, so how much those expectations have had to be realigned, I suppose, um, in light of what's happened this season, such that, you know, it, it was a pretty gutsy win to win that game, particularly in the last quarter with three men on the bench. I mean, I guess so. But, I mean, Carlton was down weedering as well. Um, and, look, the players that were dominating us weren't necessarily blue chip. I mean, it was like... Kennedy, Silvani, and Setterfield. Um, not the most imposing well, I mean, forwards. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple of not great free kicks by your favourite player, Kieran, which is a little bit unideal um, at, at opportune moments. Yeah, he did some dumb things. Although he had a pretty good game. He, I think, had seven intercept marks. And I'd say until the moment where he cost two certain goals in the last quarter, I would say he had a very good game. But... Um, <laughs> 
overall we played a lot better after, particularly I think after the first quarter. I think the, the skills in the first quarter were pretty bad, I think from both sides, um, and particularly the goal kicking. Tom McDonald had a cracker though, um, which is unfortunately timed so far as he played his best games of the season by a mile and then got really injured, and now is out for the rest of the season. So he's had a real, he's had a really um, sort of frustrating year, hasn't he? Yeah, it has been disappointing. Although I think he'll, he seemed fairly upbeat despite the injury. I think for him it's kind of nice in a way to finish this season, which has always been such a failure, with you know a big performance. Uh, Definitely, I think it just sort of is a reassurance to himself as much as anyone else that he is a really good player and that he can be a key forward and that he can, um, you know, perform in lieu of Jesse Hogan. Right, right, right. Um, and we'll. Well, let me ask you this question then, straight off the top. What do we do next with TMAC for next year? So do we take the performance against Carlton as being reflective of what he can get back to? Or has the rest of the season been, in fact, the reality and we need to seriously reassess our forward structure for next year? No, I think we just have to persevere, honestly. I mean, I think that we've just gone too far down the road now to, to turn out... Um, turn our way back. I mean, what is the... What, what will we really do? If we, let's say we decide that um, Tom O'Donnell should not be the key forward, then we have to go out, go out and get a new key forward. I mean, I think that there's already enough other problems I think that they'll try and fix more immediately, such as the kicking into the forward line, um, the overall sort of lack of good small forward options, um, and sort of the speed and class in the midfield. So I think that those are more urgent problems than trying to find a new key forward. I think they'll try and see if with better kicks into the forward line, um, they can rehabilitate Tom, Tom, Tom McDonald a bit, um, particularly once he has a you know a good pre-season after his surgery and um, comes back in good mix next year. And same with Sam Wiedemann, has another year of development under his belt. Um, and I, I think that's what they're going to have to do. Okay, so next year, round one, you're comfortable with us starting T-Mac full forward and Wiedemann as, as a second forward? Only provided that they have actually tried to improve um, some of the speed of delivering to the forward line. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, well, I don't think I don't think, like you said, we have much choice. Kind of have to go all in on that. Um, but yeah, we're really got a bit of a patchwork court of a forward line. I mean, Jaden Hunt has continued his pretty solid year. He's actually been great, um, and especially kicking the sealer. It was pretty good. Um, I was I was very impressed. I mean, I wasn't necessarily. He's not the person who, you know, handy would want the ball in at the end of the game, but I thought he did pretty well. Yeah, it's pretty comical. If you said at the start of the year that we'd be relying on Marty Hoare, renovated defender, and Jaden Hunt, defender, to beat the bottom teams in the comp um, <laughs> with the last kick, essentially. You would not have picked that in a million years. No, probably not. Um, what did you make of Petrarca, your man? I thought he actually played pretty well. He's actually really listed in the past couple of weeks. Um, uh, he's been kicking some good goals and he just sort of fades out in later in games but that's always been the case isn't it a bit like Justin Martin early in his career yeah yeah I think I mean he's been pretty solid he's averaging less disposals than last year but more goals um, and I think he's been a bit of a threat I mean his goal kicking his set shots are still a bit flaky but he's getting a lot better at his at his um, you know on the run kicks and he yeah. rarely gets done holding the ball now because he's so strong yeah, he's definitely listed. Hopefully, this will set him up for a good preseason. Um, just a positive end to the season. What do you think of the um, reports from uh, Brendan Goddard and Jake Clark about Oliver going to the Suns? To the Suns? Yeah. 
there, there's some uh, talk in uh, Herald Sun Trade HQ that they should that the Sun should make Oliver um, an offer he can't refuse. I mean. The sun should make a lot of people an offer they can't refuse. But that's just a stupid story. I mean, you could say that they should make an offer to Dangerfield 5 anyone. Why Oliver? Well, because he's a really good young player and exactly what they need. Um, they sort of... I think, there are, I think the whole sort of article is written under the, provision, under the sort of belief that, you know, someone has to do something because it's got too many hard nuts in there. I don't think that Oliver, though, is number one on the chopping block of people who treat it. Oh, it's ridiculous. There's no way we'll let go of Oliver. That just seems like journalists coming up with something because they can't think of a, a real story for the day. I think that's exactly right. And I would also say um, that in terms of other targets that they were, they were suggesting, there were the sort of standard ones like Ed Langdon um, and then maybe the Hill Brothers and maybe like Dan Butler to add a bit of forward pressure from Richmond. Dan Butler? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not the worst player. It's just bringing endorsement there for you, Kieran. I'm very into Hill, Brad Hill. If we could pull him... I think he'd be a dream target, but it doesn't sound like we'd get him. Well, sure, you'd have to give a top 10-ish pick. And I don't think we'd want to give... You know, Let's say we end up with, I don't know, pick three or pick four or something. I don't know if we want to give that. No, we haven't given those for, um, like, you know, Dow and Defenders. That's those are the types that we think are worthy of trading our high draft picks for. <laughs> Uh, it's very fair. Um, we actually spent about 12 minutes this episode not taking shots at the Melbourne recruiting team, but I'm glad we could fix that quickly. No worries, I'm always here to um, take our shots at them. Um, I should uh, turn to you now, Neats, for a reader read question from Rachel in Melbourne, who wants to know if there's anyone at the Melbourne Football Club that you, Nita Rao, like. Oh, I like a lot of players. I do. I love Salem, I love Gus. You don't love um, Gus. That's just a I lie. Do. You were talking about trading uh, him during the game. Sorry? You were talking about trading him during the game. I did not talk about trading him during the game. That's not true. <laughs> that is not true. I love plenty of players. I'm just a bit of a... I'm just an aggressive supporter. It's just passion. Just passion. Okay. Um, it's probably a fair question for me too. I'd say other than Sam Frost, um, yeah, my love for the players is is slim right now. Um, but I'll tell you what... <laughs> I know, I know. But I'll tell you one player who I've got some affection for as well, who's this week's winner of the Roland Bale Award for Most Underrated Performance. Uh, Pruce. Not, not a bad effort as really Sol Ruck. Yeah, I thought he really lifted after um, the first quarter. The first quarter wasn't ideal, but he was obviously battling the game, and then I thought his marking ability was really great. No, yeah, he looked completely lost early. At one point, he tried to man Cruiser on the mark, but was going the wrong way. Um, that was pretty comical. But, yeah, he just got into the game more. And in fairness, part of the reason he got into the game, most, I think, because Cruiser got injured and was off the ground for a long time. But um, Whatever he, it takes. He had, I think, 40-odd hit-outs, like 15 possessions. Like a pretty decent start. Yeah, and I definitely think that we should have been... Um, I definitely think that we should be... Um, we should be uh, sort of, you know, persevering with him to the extent possible. I, I mean, I really think he asked something. I really don't mind the idea of he plays in the forward line. He can really mark. Yeah, I think we should give it a shot, at least for, for a few weeks, because as much as anything, we just want to develop him as a player, and if he's just dominating the VFL, he's not going to get any better. Yeah, I think that's right. Here's a question without notice. Do we go for five years? Oh, um, well, his contract seems very lucrative, so I imagine we'd have but to take, 
take it a look. It sounds like Adelaide are pretty desperate to get rid of it. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they'd be willing to pay a solid chunk of his salary. Um, well, otherwise, it doesn't sound like they'll get rid of him at all. I mean, I think no one's going to take him unless they pay him the salary. Yeah. Look, I don't know. It's, he's kind of unrecognisable this year to what he used to be. Uh, so it's it's hard to tell. It feels a bit risky, but geez, we could use someone with what he was... So those decision-making and those sort of skills? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, seeing some of what Murphy was doing on the weekend, um, he would have been great for us this year, really, or any year. Um, yeah, absolutely. No, no, Gibbs is interesting. And the truth is... Given where we're at, we might need to look at some of those players who have just had terrible years and assume that we can get them back to where they used to be. That might need to be the strategy. That was so great at rehabilitating players and turning them into the players that they are. Well, the truth is we don't get um, stars, whether at the top or the bottom of their game, really. It's not very common. So I don't know what would happen if Gibbs came. It would be a bit strange if he left... Melbourne for Adelaide for family reasons and then came back like what a year later to play for Melbourne that seems fairly implausible well is it that implausible I mean it sounds as if it's not like yeah Adelaide what else would you do yeah maybe Port would be interested I don't know yeah I think they'd be number one but do they really need this I mean don't they have enough um, highly skilled players who aren't great with the contest yeah yeah I don't know I don't know it's an interesting thought it's interesting thought. He's, he's a handy player. Um, so, Neitz, turning to this week's game against the Bulldogs, um, who do you think plays? We're going to have a fair few outs. Yeah, so we're going to have Marty Hoare is out. Who else is out? Hoare's out. T-Max out. Petty had the concussion. I'm not sure if he'll get up. Tim Smith's a test. Um, I mean, Gorn, I think, would definitely come in. Yeah. Uh, Lever played in the VFL, as did Jeddah, apparently. So, um, if they're fit, I think they would they would come in. I definitely agree with that. Do we then, um, do we sort of, sort of bring Lever back in so too? Look, maybe not. Um, but it sounds like he played some pretty solid game time in the VFL. Um, yeah, I don't know. But if we're losing, if we do end up losing Hoare and Petty... That's a, some serious defensive problems. I mean, I guess they could bring in Wagner or maybe even Oscar McDonald. Yeah. And I'm not that worried about the dogs, like, sort of key posts. I mean, then there's Aaron Norton. You might absolutely destroy us. In fact, you'll have Marco to start the visit. But, I mean, that's the team made for it. Well, do you think they'll play May on Norton? Um, yeah, I think they have to. I think they'll play wheels on him. I reckon he's got the pace to go at Norton. I'm not sure if May will be able to. Is Norton particularly fast? I think so. He always seems to be in space. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's tricky. I mean, look, Frost will do something stupid, so you probably would start with May and see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, I think that... I, think, I just don't really understand what, what May is the team for, not for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not a bad up. And then, you're right, and then they've got a lot of kind of mid-sized players. So someone like Wagner is probably not the worst player to come in, to be honest. I think so. Um, does Lewis keep a spot? Look, I mean, he didn't do anything necessarily that bad last week, but I mean, and there's so many injuries to the back line, so I think that maybe he just has to. 
Yeah, yeah. I feel like he's very low impact at the moment, but he didn't really turn it over. I think he was one of our highest disposal efficiencies. Honestly, for our team, it's like, you know, it's sort of good enough, isn't it? Right. On the other end of the spectrum, your boy, Neil Bullen, 53% disposal efficiency. It's not great. Not great. But he'll keep his spot because it's good. <laughs> That's very true. Um, you know, one player, one thing I'd like to see this week um, is seeing Hannon tried a bit in the midfield. Um, I feel like he's yeah, got, mind that as well. he's gone a bit stale in the forward line, um, and I think he's better than he's showing. I don't know. I agree with that. He's also quick, and that's the sort of main thing. Is that he's got some real pace to add to the midfield. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see the coaches try something. I feel like our midfield group it hasn't really changed all season, has it? I mean, it's been it's always Oliver, Harms, Viney. Brayshaw, Jones will float in and out. I mean, I guess Salem occasionally, but that's kind of it. Yeah, I think they definitely need to spice it up a bit. And if we can spice it up by, um, you know, our own players as opposed to, um, you know, trying to find players from outside will invariably be slow inside midfielders, I think that that would be a bad option. <laughs> um, so, Nitz, I suspect I know the answer to this, but uh, do we have any shot against the Bulldogs? You know, they're in good form at the moment. Um, I think we do have a shot. I don't know how great a chance it is. I think they might just go down, just because they are in really good form at the moment. And neither, neither team can score, though. Um, except if Aaron Norton gets going, and then he'll, he could go to over this part. Yeah, I think we definitely have a shot. I mean, we play so well at Marvel Stadium, weirdly. Um, and they're a bit of a flaky team. They have these great wins and these terrible losses. Um, so, I mean, they lost to, what, Carlton only recently, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And they, yeah, I mean, they just, they, they just beat Carlton recently, but they, they got walloped by Carlton a few months back. Right. They're a bit of a weird team. So, look, I think we've got a shot, but the T-Mac injury was terribly timed. I agree with that. And I just don't know where we're getting the, the, the score. I mean, Wiedemann, you know, is struggling to get more than one goal a game. Yeah. Um, so dependent on Hunt, unless they try something completely new in the forward line, or unless Petrarca has a day out. I just, I just don't see the goals. I agree with that. Yeah. So prediction needs. I think we might just go down by like fifteen points. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it'll be something like that. Um, yeah. Thank you for joining Deluded again. Um, we're still recovering from that thirtieth hangover, but very happy to be with you um, and. Please keep following us on Instagram at Deluded Podcast, and we'll catch you after the dogs game. Go Dees. Go Dees.